Hello, and welcome to Dear Graham, a podcast in which Adam and Amelia record things for Graham. I feel like we just did this. Because we did. We're banking them. Uh-huh. We're banking them. So you may remember from last week as to what we're drinking. We're drinking some sours. Oh, yeah, the same things. The yeah. same things. Mm. Can you imagine? They've kept well. <laughs> Very well. Mine is even more delicious than it was before. Oh, mine's not. I'm at the watered down part. How are you at the watered down part? It's just a little bit watery now. There was no ice in it. You shook and then strained the ice. The ice chipped and melted. No, I, I don't buy it. All right, we'll Google it. Do you want no, it's good. more scotch in there? No, I'm, no, I don't want more scotch in here. I have to make it through this episode on the world's most confusing TV show. Yes, we're going to review Legion today. Season one, because it's the only one I kind of remember. Yes, and to make it more confusing, I'm pretty sure it was maybe two years since we've seen it. Yeah, it's been a while. This is going to be... I haven't rewatched it at all. Didn't Wikipedia the plot. Don't no. remember the details. Also, it's just so confusing. And I remember it was so good. It's so good. So Legion is, Graham, a TV... is an X-Men-based TV show. Kind of. Kind of. On the character Legion. Yes. Who... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Adam. In the comic book is a super powerful mutant yes. with multiple personality disorder, mm. which is not really a real thing, but neither are mutants. And each of his personalities has a different power. Is that correct? Let me make sure I'm not thinking of a different character when I say that. It's David Howler uh, is, the, is the guy's name. He's Professor X's son. Um, fictional character biography. Which is not... Yeah, vamp for a Which minute. may or may not be the case on the show. I think he never... No, he is he is Professor X's kid on the well, show. Well, that is spoiler a spoiler alert. That's a big old spoiler. Yeah, it's fine. I'm saying this indignantly, but you know I don't care about spoilers. I do, I, you don't care. <laughs> and so... Yeah, he does have multiple personalities, um, and each one has a different... It's a cool power set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are what are the powers that he has? He well, so he is um, one of the world's most powerful telepaths, like his father. Mm -hmm. uh, however, mm -hmm. I don't know if Sorry anybody that. heard that. That was my drink on the on the pop guard or whatever for the microphone. Pop filter. Pop filter. Wait, uh, can I try? Yeah. Okay, so pop 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 pop. There's with the filter. <laughs> Pop, 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 pop. There's without the filter. So we'll have to see if there's a difference. Okay. So he is one of the world's most powerful telepaths, um, and like his father, mm -hmm. uh, except he underwent a traumatic experience as a child and was in a coma for a while. And when he came out of a coma, he had multiple personalities to like deal with trauma, and each of those personalities just has a different power. Usually they involve, you know, the ability to to destroy the world. Yeah, he's not a bad powerful. guy, though. No, like he really, I think, is sweet and tries and wants people to like him. Yeah, in and, the show especially. Yeah. In the show especially, and wants to make connections, but finds it very hard to make connections, and sometimes is awful yeah. and destroys things and doesn't know why. Yeah, how spoilery are we going here? Because. The, the tie-in to why that happens is, I think, brilliant. Uh, you know, since it's so good, I don't think we should go that spoilery. Okay. Like, uh... um, all right, then I'm going to code it. Can I code it? Sure. So the reason that that happens is because of a different X-Men villain who is a Charles Xavier villain who was... From the comic book? From the comics, yeah. Okay. 
who is one of the many reasons that Charles Xavier uh, is in a wheelchair. And I say that that. because several times throughout the comics, Charles Xavier has been paralyzed. Like he keeps getting the ability to walk again. That sucks. And then somebody's like, no, I liked it better when he was in a wheelchair. (laughs) Put him back there. (laughs) Yes. Correct. How cool is Charles Xavier as a disabled person yeah. whose focus it's a great is not character, right? Yeah. He's also the worst. A bad guy. He's so evil. Oh, he's awful. Flat out evil. So I've got Amelia. Man, screw that guy. Uh, Amelia said that she wanted to read the X Men. And so I. Graham, you can read the X Men too on Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> you can. Uh, so I started her off on what's called giant size X-Men. I didn't like it. It's like the, the rebirth of the X-Men after the original five breakup. And basically professor X is just awful mm-hmm. early on here. And also throughout the entire run of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, he's kind of bad in the movies that I love with uh, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. Just he's in- not. Wait, how's he bad in those? He's not really. I mean, uh, he's like real lovable in the first one, but just in that he like values like the team and saving the world over individuals. You know who got a bum rap in those movies? Rogue. Rogue for sure. Yeah, Rogue for sure. Actually, Magneto. Because if you read the X-Men comics, there are times where you're like, you know, Magneto makes a totally valid point here. They've been playing this humans versus mutants game for 40 years now and all magneto wants is um you know in in some versions of the character because obviously they change uh all he wants is like an island where mutants can be left alone Mm, and then you know eventually he wants to destroy humanity but well who can blame him him? yeah like anybody who's who's gone through what magneto has gone through well just Anybody who is institutionally killed yes, uh, throughout the decades mm-hmm. has the right to be angry. Magneto has been killed several times. <laughs> Poor guy. The X-Men are a cool allegory for whatever, whatever marginalized people yep. at the time. But also it sucks that, I guess it just because it's the seven. Like, I'm sure that now there are lots of real cool characters that are actually queer or actually trans or yeah. actually mm-hmm. um such and such minority and it less, was just that they all had to be less than there should be but yeah yeah but like whenever the x-men were created in what the 60s 60s everybody was 64 my head says everybody was white right Everybody's and you had white. to use white people to stand in for non yeah no white you know yeah. for any such minority marvel needed because Marvel at the time was basically, I think they were probably still basically bankrupt at that point. Um, and they needed to sell issues. And the way that they thought they would sell issues was by making white characters who sold to white readers. I bet there's cool non-white comic book people from the time that just were not with Marvel or DC. I don't know. Like little indie things. Probably. Well, probably indie comics tended to get swallowed up by mm. marvel or dc that's too bad um like shazam who they just made a big movie of mm, the like is so a year good. ago yeah uh shazam was originally a Fawcett comics character but Fawcett comics was sued by dc because they said shazam was too close to superman and so Fawcett comics <laughs> went bankrupt and oh. dc bought shazam or got shazam as part of that and Shazam's then a good movie. Shazam at the time was called Captain Marvel, but then Marvel sued DC 
because they had a character named Captain Marvel, not the movie one, uh, an alien whose name was Marvel, uh, who had the rank of captain. I don't like that. It's not great. <laughs> he died of cancer. Um, oh, that's too bad. It was a dark, dark storyline. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, and it was decided, this was in like the 90s, I want to say. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, that the next time DC rebooted their universe, they would have to change ca- their Captain Marvel's name, which was like 2012. <laughs> and that's when he became Shazam. That's funny. Just a fun comic story. Should but Legion. Legion. The reason we're here. <laughs> the TV show. It's so, so bizarre. I'm trying to remember. So I think that David starts out in a mental institution. He does. And I would be remiss if we go any further in this without talking about Aubrey Plaza. No, I think that we should. We can get to her because right, she's we'll not get in her. yet. Then I'm so remiss. David's in a mental institution mm-hmm. and the girl that he ends up falling in love with yes is also in the mental institution mm-hmm. ostensibly as a patient yes and it turns out that she's from such and such organization that is to break him out i don't remember what the name of the organization is some of this it's is not the x-men no it's not the x-men the x-men aren't in this no um but they are in this universe yeah clearly but charles xavier also is not in this he's just no. always like alluded to yeah um well, oh, in man, the comics, a cool it's a good show. In the comics, Professor X doesn't know that he has a son. Mm-hmm. Um, he has an affair, not an affair, but he has a relationship with Moira McTaggart, who's a Scottish uh, geneticist hmm. um, who's been in the movies. I didn't know that that was David's mom. Yeah, I'm pretty comics. sure. I'm pretty sure that's her. That's neat because she's one of the most powerful mutants also, right? Uh, let me find out if it was. Because she, while Adam's nope. looking it up. Oh, never mind. <laughs> that was a different child. Oh, boy. Uh, not Moira McTaggart. Keep it to yourself, Xavier. I don't know if that was his kid. She has a kid who's a super powerful mutant who ends up being a bad guy. We'll get there in the in the comics. Okay. Uh, it's weird. Um, but anyway, no, he's just taken care of by Moira McTaggart. Played, oh, okay. Played by Rose Byrne in the movies, and I hate that characterization, but yeah. Yeah. And, and like, in the... Logan movies? In the, in the... Uh, X-Men First Class. Oh, okay. And I think the second one. I don't think she's in the third one. Okay, but... so no, all so over the place. David yeah. is in a mental institution. He is. The love interest um, is... I don't remember her name. We think she's a patient in the mental institution. It turns out that she is to break David out because the organization that she's with knows that David is a super powerful mutant. Uh, they know he's a mutant. They don't know how powerful I think they think he's very powerful, right? And they they think that he's not mentally ill. Yeah. They think that all of his visions and hallucinations and things that, like, happen to him, um, because he, I think, doesn't know that powers exist. He's, he's, yeah, he's not, there's a whole lot going on there. Yeah, and so they think that. He thinks he's crazy. He thinks that he's crazy because he was diagnosed when he was, like, four. Yeah. As as having a lot of, of paranoid schizophrenic. I think so because he's got voices that talk to him yeah. and tell him horrible things. Yeah. And then horrible things happen like his whole life as a child, but he's kind of suppressed them. Yeah. And he thinks that they were just meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but really he would like telepathically 
open all of the cupboards in the kitchen and throw all the knives like at his mother. There's and... so many scenes in this show that are like, you see them like 12 times and each time they're slightly different mm-hmm. as David kind of starts to understand what's happening. Uh-huh. And as he like kind of unrepresses memories Yeah, and it's just like a visual masterpiece. I think it is because, okay. So the organization thinks that, He is not mentally ill. He just is very powerful. Mm -hmm. David thinks that he is not at all powerful. He just is mentally ill. Yes. And then he decides that they're right and he's just really powerful and he needs to learn how to control it. Yes. And then I think he decides that he is both powerful and mentally ill, which Mm -hmm. I think is a very powerful thing in and of itself. Sure. Um, which I don't even remember if that ends up being the truth or not, but basically he's got other characters living in his head um, that frighten him yes and take different dancing around this yeah and are genuinely frightening are genuine like it's a it's a really scary show dark show it's a really dark show and it tackles mental illness in a way that is so creative so creative that's a great way to put it so creative and i don't have a lot of experience with mental illness other Mm -hmm. than like run-of-the-mill anxiety depression like nothing intense but like sure it it seemed like a really interesting creative thoughtful way with <laughs> a crazy face i got to the end of my drink <laughs> Woo! to show mental illness and like it's a lot of scotch not always negative you know yeah, it's not always negative. Mm-hmm. And man, the comic book character who we're not talking about who was in this is just, is yeah, the villain is just brilliantly played. Yes, by Audrey Plaza. By Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, who you would know from Parks and Rec. Uh-huh, as uh, Andy's wife. Wow, I really feel like we could come up with her actual name. What is I her name? I did never watch Parks and Rec. You should. It's really good. I've heard. I think um, I've watched an episode here or there. I'm going to come up with it five minutes from now, so let's keep talking. Okay. So, Audrey Pla- Aubrey? Aubrey. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. F- excellent performance. She's so good. She's really good because she is the bad guy, but she also is David's friend. Yes. Or she's, like, positioning herself as David's friend. She and plays, I think like, they five sometimes... different characters as the same character. Yes. And, like, so, and her character is also sometimes played by a cartoon Yes. Of a terrifying child. Yes. And um, sometimes it's just Aubrey Plaza. And sometimes it's the actual comic book villain. villain mm-hmm. Like as the villain is portrayed in the comic. Yeah. Um, and the character, I think this is important, was written for a guy. Uh-huh. And the creator just brought Aubrey Plaza in to read for it. Didn't change any Didn't lines. change a single line. Which is important because Audrey, Aubrey Plaza is very frequently incredibly misogynist. Yes. And like saying horrible things about women that yes. she wants David to do to them. The character's name is Lenny. Yes, Lenny. Uh-huh. And? And David remembers Lenny as a friend mm-hmm. from, also I think David has an extensive history with drugs, which further yes. confuses his memories. It does. Um, and so he remembers Lenny as his friend. Um, from real life, like mm-hmm. who would hang out with his other friends, but Lenny, his friend, this is a spoiler, but not a humongous one, died. Um, I don't remember how. I think it was pretty gruesome, and I'm pretty sure David caused or mm-hmm. saw it or something. Yeah, caused it, I think. Uh-huh, by accident. And now Lenny lives in his head. Let's just go spoilers from here on out. 
Okay, but I don't think we should do the big one. Or maybe it doesn't. Do, I'm gonna do the big one. Okay, let's do the big one. Because I just love the character. Uh, this, we're gonna do spoilers from here on out, and I just love the character of the Shadow King. That's uh, what a good bad guy name. It's a good bad guy <gasps> name. My so goodness. the Shadow King. Uh, you know, I'm sure diehard X-Men fans who are listening to this, I'll one if my brother's listening, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Neat, have been screaming. I don't, I don't know if he's diehard. He's, he's <gasps> definitely- Adam's brother. I don't know if I don't know if it would be okay with him if we said his name on this podcast. Adam's brother, know. drop us a line. You can be a guest. <laughs> I don't think he wants to be a guest, <laughs> but that's okay. So, well, I'm keeping it anonymous. So, sure. So, the Shadow King, Amal Farouk, is his name. Um, he is a super powerful telepath who did quote unquote battle with Charles Xavier on, I want to say the astral, not the astral plane. I think it is the it's astral a plane. Dr. Strange thing, but they go to it in Legion. Uh-huh. Season two, particularly. Um, and yeah, season two, whenever, what's his name becomes even more prominent. Yeah. Um, Jermaine. Jermaine Clement from yeah. Flight of the Concords. Oh man, um, so cool in this. And Amal for and um, Professor X beats the Shadow King, but Amal Farouk like tumbles a building onto him or something and like breaks his back, mm. and that's why Professor X is in a wheelchair in the comics. In the comics, okay. for a long time. Okay. Then he gets a cloned body and. Then he's not in a wheelchair. Ooh, and oh, Are you kidding? You think that's creepy? I think Professor X is creepy. But let's not get into that too much. Man, it, it's good though. So, um, and so that's who Aubrey Plaza that's plays. That's who Aubrey Plaza's playing. Uh-huh. And she is, it's a different version of the character. She's just playing like, how creepy can a person be? Yes. And at the same time, you like her. You like, like for her. a lot of it, you like her and she... She's just an ex- a really good actor, and she's full she's of personality, great. and like, and she plays all sorts of different characters. And sometimes she's a psychiatrist who's trying to help David get better. He thinks maybe in his head, maybe not. Is everybody in his head? It's just a fascinating like. What's real? What's not? You have no idea. And like, is it all a hallucination on David's part, or is he so powerful and combined yep. with the Shadow King that they've brought everybody into his psyche, and yes. they really are all there? April Ludgate is her. Is the act is, is the Parks and Rec character? Park, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, you don't know what's real, what's not real. The season ends. You still don't entirely know what's real and what's not real. Mm-hmm. Season two starts. You still don't really know. At no point do you think David is, you know, a hundred percent a reliable narrator. Absolutely. And it, he, it, it's all through David's eyes and David's not sure if he's a reliable narrator. And then David gets pretty sure and is hiding stuff from everybody, including the audience. And but they it, don't break the fourth wall. I think he's just hiding it from himself. I don't think we said Dan Stevens plays David Holler in this. Who's Dan Stevens? Well, obviously the actor, but yeah. I uh, just don't know. He was Beast in the uh, Bad Beauty and the Beast movie that came out. <gasps> really? Yeah. My goodness. He's really, really, really good in this show. He's really good in this show. And um, another thing that I really like about this show is its use of music. Because there's, um, I kind of remember, there's like themes just with the the sound track and the sound effects. Like there's a theme for like the the creepy child who's a cartoon. And whenever the music came on, I just, oh my gosh, it was terrifying. Just like excellent use of the soundtrack. I think the showrunner is the same guy who did 
or does Fargo, the show, which is by all accounts like amazing and mm. you know, just a really talented showrunner who they gave a, a really interesting X-Men character to. Mm-hmm. And he just turned it into a bizarre, off the wall, like I this show would not have been made ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like there they just wouldn't have been an opportunity for it to happen. Right. It is bizarre. And it's not a linear story at all. Nope. Even though I'm pretty sure it happens in a linear fashion. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's just really good. It's so really good. Highly, highly, highly recommend this show to you, Graham. Yes. It 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 does take some like it's not fluffy. No, yeah, you gotta be you you and you have to you have to pay attention too. Yeah. Like it's not a it's not a sit there and have on the background kind of show. No. But it's really good and just very interesting. It didn't get the audience it should have. Do you think it was because it was so weird? Yeah, probably. It was, I mean, it was kind of, I don't know. It like wasn't it was, really, like, it It was purposefully hard to follow. It just wasn't yeah. a linear story. As far as, like, comic book TV stuff, I think I would probably go Watchmen and then this. Honestly, I might quality. like this better than Watchmen. They're both really good. Mm-hmm. Maybe Watchmen. It's close. Yeah. It's close. So do we know how Graham could access it if they wanted to? Yeah. So one of two ways. Um, it's on Hulu now. Oh. Because FX we made. We should watch it again. Yeah, we should watch it again. FX made some sort of, and season three is on there too. We never watched season three. We still have to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, it's one of those things you really have to focus up for. And we mm-hmm. just have no time. And we didn't love season two. I season, liked season two. I liked it. I didn't love it. Yeah. But season one. Season one was just terrific. Like a perfect. Yeah. Season of television. Yeah. Um. So yeah, FX made some kind of deal with Hulu where there's FX stuff on Hulu. Um, I don't think that there are any restrictions on accessing that. And then it's also on FX Now, which was their app, if that's still a thing, or if the, I don't know if that's all moved to Hulu. I don't know but it's probably on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I put it on our Hulu list so we could watch season three. Nice. Okay. And Graham, even if you don't watch it, I would really recommend watching um, the clip. I'm sure you can just get it on YouTube <laughs> of Aubrey Plaza dancing to Feeling Good by Nina Simone. It's terrific. Oh, Aubrey it's incredible. Pla- uh, Aubrey Plaza gets a lot of hate Does she? for playing the same kind of, you know, monotone um voiced character yeah like april's very monotone april's very monotone she plays that character in a couple movies that's like similar-ish character mm-hmm. but like this is so bizarre like, i would and... give her an, uh, an an emmy for this well performance thank you without yeah. thinking twice she's terrific she, it's one of the best television performances and sometimes still just as flat yeah but like a very physically interesting performance and Mm -hmm. like terrifying even when she's flat and also sometimes like seems protective. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. There is that weird protective dynamic. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and call this one of her face is terrifying sometimes. Like just, they can do just like a a shot of her face and it's terrifying. Yeah. Like I thought of it in my stomach. She's she's got that down. And at the same time, she's, she's beautiful. And likable in some scenes. And likable. And like, it seems like she's David's only friend and she really is looking out for him. Yeah. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship Mm -hmm. that is just fascinating and bizarre in all the best ways Mm, that's really good so so we talked for 23 minutes about a show we haven't watched for two years yeah and i think as we i wonder if if when 
I listen back because you don't listen back. If it's going to seem like we, because it seems to me like we talked ourselves into remembering how much we loved it as the episode. We really, we picked up steam. At first I was like, I guess David Holler has multiple personalities. And now I'm like, it's the best show I've ever watched. I've never seen a better show than this show. Except the Galaxy Quest show <laughs> that came out between these two episodes. Marvelous Mrs. May, honestly. Oh, yeah, Marvelous Mrs. May was good, too. might be a better show than Marvelous Mrs. May's all they're, they're different kinds of things. Different kinds of things. Tony Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. Tony Shalhoub. That's right. I think, I'm going to say this now, and I it might be because I've drank almost all this whiskey sour, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. I think I like Legion more than I like... Season one. Season one, more than I like the original three X-Men movies, oh. which I think would not be a controversial statement for most people. But as you know, Graham, I adore the original three X-Men movies, even though... X1, X2, those are good. X3 is really, really, really bad. Oh, you're right. I don't like that one. You could throw, well, Logan. You could throw Logan in there as the third. Oh. I think Logan is a Logan. better movie than Legion as a show. Yeah, it is. But... I think I would rewatch Legion before I would rewatch Logan because Logan, Logan is so hard to watch. It just like I I like tear up when I think about it. It's so hard to watch. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I wish they made a movie about X twenty three. Yeah, I wonder what they're gonna do there because now Marvel has the rights. What are they gonna do? Like, are they well, gonna... if they think they can make a buck, they're gonna do something. They're gonna bring back. They have. They're probably gonna bring back Wolverine, just with a different actor. Yeah, they'd have to go a different actor at this point because I don't think his I don't think he wants to do it anymore because it's just like they were CGIing a lot of yeah. it by the end, but still like I have said for years that the X Men would make a better show than movie. I think because you're correct. Yeah, because the comic Well, okay, yeah. I mean that show's great. But because the comics are just so episodic. Like every every Because it's a comic book. Well, yeah, but I mean even more so than other comics. Just so episodic. Mm-hmm. And like seasons too. Like you could do a season of Dark Phoenix instead of trying to fit it into yeah. two hours because that storyline just doesn't work. Because it happens two hours. over years, over right? Over years it happens in mm-hmm. the comics. And they've done, what, two movies? And they've, they've both twice been tried awful. it and they've both <laughs> been bad. So like yeah. now I feel bad because Disney can't just go to it because it's one of the best storylines, but they can't just, they can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bad about that. They should have, uh, they should have Cyclops go off with his space pirate dad. That would be fun. Yeah, I love a space pirate. I don't think I've ever liked a Cyclops on screen. I think James Marsden got a bad rap. Who's he? He played Cyclops in the original, hmm. your favorite movies. Mm-hmm. He got a bad rap. We could do one of these on just the X-Men movies. I, I could get in depth on them. We sort of were. Anytime. But I don't think we should right now. Anytime anybody wants to talk to me about the X-Men movies, I am available. <laughs> I will drop anything. <laughs> talk about the X-Men. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I'm just gonna let you do this. Actually, I shouldn't. We don't have the rights. Eh, well, there we are. X Men. Oh, we're doing the other one. This is the day. <laughs> so that song was from the pilot. X Men of an, an X Men show. Up, up, and away. That is how it goes. That's from the pilot of an X Men show that wasn't picked up, but that my family had on VHS. I think it was called, <laughs> if I remember correctly, Pride of the X Men, and it was Kitty Pride being introduced to the X Men. Kitty Pride, by the way, another character who's never quite gotten it. She hasn't gotten enough screen time. I love Kitty Pride. Did Ellen Page pay, play her? Ellen Page did play her. Is Kitty Pride gay? Kitty Pride is 
hinted at being um, queer God, in some fashion. That's all they ever are in the X-Men. Hinted at? White, straight-looking people who are hinted at being something else. In certain like versions of the future, because the X-Men are constantly going to the future, uh, she's married to girls. Oh, good, okay. Or hinted at being married to oh, girls. Oh, man. Look, I mean, you I get understand. what you get. It's the freaking 70s, Yeah, man. but it's not anymore. I don't know what they're doing now so much. I bet they're not Actually, I full do. out. Who am I like, kidding? I've read every X-Men thing that's come out in the last six months. Yeah, okay. So are, really they, good. are they being more open about like, so it's not the, an allegory. Now we have gay characters. Here, so here's the problem. Uh, we only have two minutes to, to go over this. The oh. X-Men stories for the last six months or so or three months or whatever I've read um, have not dealt with their the X-Men's relationships with each other at all hmm. it's been this like it's it's a giant arc that um talks about the x-men versus humanity and like the only characters who interact are like professor x and everyone so i don't know what kitty pride is currently doing she married star lord for a little bit but people really didn't like that so they quit so they made that stop that's funny i think they made I that, like that would have been a neat a good no, it was just because um, the guy who was writing Guardians of the Galaxy at the time had written the X-Men for a real long time. Oh. Brian Michael Bendis, for anybody who's wondering. Hmm. Uh, but I guess the moral of the story is I just need to... She was engaged to Colossus. Oh, that's interesting. If I, if I want to consume gay comics, I should just read some. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that aren't the X-Men. There are Marvel comics that prominently feature... And non-Marvel yeah, and non-Marvel, I'm yes. sure non-Marvel has better representation. Yeah, I'm sure they do too, because, yeah, Marvel... Is the man. Always trying to play it safe. Yep. All right, well, even, anyway, watch Legion not, today. Watch Legion today. Yeah, mm -hmm. apparently today is the only time. Watch Legion today. All right. Thank you, Graham. Bye. Bye.